How often is it that you've handed your phone over to your baby? How many times have you played their favorite video so that they're distracted and leave you to finish up with that important meeting that your boss sprung up on you at the last minute? When was the last time you let them play a game on your phone while you quickly wrapped up cooking dinner? While your baby is rolling in adorable peals of laughter, watching cute pandas do everything from design trendy outfits, manage their own farm, bake mouth-watering cakes, or even help them learn math by counting popsicles or lollipops, there's a lot more happening behind the scenes. These apps are busy gobbling up all of your data. Data such as the device and other IDs, app information and performance, app interactions and installed apps, as well as financial information, purchase history, and other personal information like email addresses and user IDs. There's one app in particular which is doing a lot of data gobbling. It's a Chinese app that's very popular in India and it's called Baby Bus. I'm Pilot Kiki. Officer Kiki is here. Meow meow. Meow meow. The company provides customized free digital content primarily for children up to the age of 8 through over 200 gaming apps. And recently, there's this data privacy firm called Incogni which deemed three of its apps, Baby Panda World Kids Games, Baby Bus Kids Video and Game World, and Baby Panda's Kids Play among the 11 most data-hungry apps in the world. So what exactly does data hungry really mean? Why should we be concerned? What exactly is at stake? And what is it about Chinese apps being predatory with data? Also, when India has banned TikTok and a bunch of other Chinese apps, how did Baby Bus slip under the radar? Can apps really help countries with surveillance? We find out all of this and much more in today's episode where we speak to a cybersecurity expert and the former general counsel of the National Security Agency or NSA. So stay tuned. It's Thursday, January 18th. I'm your host Dia Reki and you are listening to Baby Bus is the TikTok for toddlers gobbling your personal data only on the morning brief from the Economic Times. Baby Bus was founded by Tang Wang Yu in 2009 and saw its first app being rolled out in 2010. Not much is known about the company, but based on their website, it was in 2021 that its global users exceeded 500 million. It was the same year that the company decided to take the plunge into the public markets with a listing on the Shenzhen Stock Exchange, but this was later withdrawn in 2022. And by the way, the company is no stranger to controversy. It has been pulled up by regulators for violations in data privacy and even taken to court by rivals. Coco Melon for instance alleged copyright infringement 
saying that Baby Bus had blatantly copied their characters. And just last July, the jury slapped a $24 million compensation on Baby Bus to be paid to Moon Bus, the owners of Coco Melon. In the India context, Baby Bus is important because their gaming apps are massively popular, both in India and Indonesia. And as per data intelligence firm Sensor Tower, these two countries collectively accounted for a 60% share of Baby Bus's downloads in Asia in the third quarter of 2023. In addition to their collection of apps which see 100 million monthly active users, BabyBus also boasts a huge library of more than 2,500 videos with 11 billion monthly views and 6,600 stories with 1.1 billion monthly audio playbacks. That's massive as you can tell. But what exactly is the scale of their operations in India? What is the kind of data that they collect? And how can this data be manipulated in times of turmoil? I asked Cyberhawk Kanish Gaur of the India Future Foundation all of this and more. Hi Kanish, thank you so much for joining us on The Morning Brief. I just wanted to start off by asking you what your concerns are with Baby Bus. One of the key things that we find with Baby Bus is that it has been stealing a lot of user data without taking their consent, particularly metadata, also recording a lot of content. And this data goes to third parties for which there is no control. That's one of the key issues which we have found with Baby Pass. Could you break that down a little bit more, Kanish? I mean, in terms of what this metadata really is. So metadata is basically your personal identifiable information, you know, your personal records, your taste, your preferences in terms of what you buy, what you watch, all of that information. Now, an app typically which is a data-hungry app will not take your consent and will try and monitor all of your activity. It's more like snooping and doing surveillance on you and using all of this information to collate and sell it to third parties or utilizing it to create new products. While we have seen some of these issues were very common with an app like TikTok, which was basically snooping into people's phone or moving data out without taking consent. So with respect to baby bus, I think it's more of snooping and surveillance. That is a massive issue. But you know, that makes me wonder about how if India banned TikTok and like 300 other Chinese apps so long ago, how is it that Baby Bus just went completely under the radar? Companies like TikTok, they were working as a direct channel. Whereas the concept of using a data-hungry app for doing snooping and surveillance is something which is less understood. It's more of a pseudo method for doing surveillance. So why it's slipped under the radar is that some of the key people who are decision makers in India have not understood that people can still be snooped using their children as one of the bogies. Today, I don't need to you know, force you to download an app or make you go to a specific place to monitor you. All I could do is I can push an app 
which is meant for a different purpose in your child's phone. And that app could be used for tracking what you are doing or for recording your activities, right? I'll take you back to an example. Sometime back, we had an issue with the cameras which were installed in New Delhi by a company called as Hike Vision, right? This company had put across these cameras across New Delhi and this company was accused of taking away all of this information to China because the servers were put up in China. Now, similar is the issue with this company because this company is snooping into children and through them, they are indirectly snooping into our privacy. Particularly people who are at a high authority within the government should be wary of such apps because their children could be used as a bogey to snoop these people and then use all of this information, particularly which could impact national safety and security. What about voice cloning, Kanishk? Like, can that be done through these children's apps? So this is a key element that needs to be understood that if children's devices are used for recording voice of senior people, it could be politicians, it could be bureaucrats, it could be law enforcement people, then their voice would be cloned and then their juniors or team members could be targeted for specific information which could be extracted for, from them. Hence, it's very important for us to stop some of these apps being operated in India ban some of these apps. We have banned some of the Chinese apps in the past, but these apps could again run havoc because we get literally no support from some of these Chinese companies in terms of the way they operate, where they take this data, and the amount of snooping, surveillance, and cybercrime they cause in this country. And so what really happens when this data is collected? What can they really do with it? These apps are typically now using a technology to create something called as your digital clones, where a digital identity is created, which knows what you buy, what you talk, whom you interact. All of this is collated. So they have absolute information in terms of cloning the voice and then directing a narrative or a message, which could look absolutely similar to a human. So don't look at these this data in isolation. Look at this data in totality. But Kanish, can you give us like a real-world example of how such an app can misuse data? Uh, I'll take you to a state of Manipur, where there is civil unrest which is happening between two tribes, right? Now, if an app like this has got access to children from this state and through this app, a particular content has been broadcasted to young children. It could be used for propagating hate against the, the communities which are fighting, right? That, those those are the, the real dangers that we are living in right now. All of that data could be used to broadcast a certain message, could be used for putting out a certain narrative which could cause unrest. So you don't need people within a country to cause any kind of harm. All you need is a data-hungry app which is sitting somewhere outside, is collating all of this information and then rebroadcasting content in certain form or shape, which could then cause unrest. So what would your advice to parents be? Uh, what do you think parents should keep in mind while downloading these apps for their children? So one of the key things that we have seen is that Baby Bus is a company which has massive apps. They've got apps which are there for different age groups starting from 4 to 
seven years or eight to 12. So people who are giving access of these apps to their children, they need to be wary in terms of what kind of data they are putting in, what kind of mobile numbers, what kind of digital identity footprint they are leaving in, what kind of payment you have done, what kind of financial information, purchase history that's going out. So what kind of personal identifiable information are you disclosing through some of these apps? And this is applicable for adults because most of these children who are accessing content are using their parents' smartphones or their digital devices or laptops or smart TVs. If you think this is the first time that a company has been accused of misuse of children's data, think again. In today's Tech Bytes, YouTube is under fire. Child protection groups are demanding an investigation saying YouTube is targeting children and its ads after promising it would stop. The company could face billions in fines if government regulators decide it's violating child privacy. Regulators say Facebook misled parents and failed to protect the privacy of children using its Messenger Kids app. All right, now U.S. tech giant Microsoft will pay $20 million to settle charges by the U.S. Trade Commission that it illegally collected personal data from children without parents' consent. The Federal Trade Commission says that Amazon was illegally storing our children's voices and their locations in order to beef up their AI to build better artificial intelligence. And now they need to pay $25 million for violating privacy law. A record-breaking settlement by Epic Games means your children could be better protected when playing video games. The Federal Trade Commission is fining the Fortnite video game creator for violating children's privacy law and using deceptive billing practices. An interesting point that Incogni mentioned in their report was that if these kinds of apps lack transparency in their data safety and privacy practices and also engage in invasive practices, it could potentially expose children to really exploitative advertising and even criminal activity. But there's a lot more at play here. Sure, Baby Bus may be the focus, but clearly there's a lot of other children's apps too that are predatory when it comes to data. But Chinese apps in particular are often flagged for being data-hungry and have this bad reputation of misusing user data. But how exactly do they do it? What is the world doing to tackle them? Should India learn from the rest of the world? Or is it ahead of others because a blanket ban is the only real solution? For all of this, we put ex-NSA counsel Glenn Gerstel in the hot seat and got him to break down all the risks associated with Chinese apps and why governments across the globe are trying to either ban or regulate these apps that are allegedly being used for surveillance and foreign influence. Listen in. Thanks so much, Glenn, for joining us today. I wanted to start by asking you why Chinese apps have this reputation for being data hungry. Sure. And thanks for having me on the podcast. So anytime people are focusing on the apps on their smartphones or maybe their laptops or so, they're always worried about privacy questions. But in here, there's a special concern because when apps are developed and owned by Chinese companies, there's some heightened concern is that Um, Apps developed by Chinese companies might tend to have a little looser 
practices around data collection and privacy when those apps are not aimed at the Chinese market, where there's a rather rigorous internal set of regulations for Chinese domestic apps, but apps aimed overseas, apps aimed at the Indian market, the United States market, the European market. And there, the Chinese developers don't necessarily have the same level of concern about protecting privacy. Their main interest is in generating revenue. And that sometimes comes at the expense of a little looser data practices. Talk to us a little bit about those internal regulations that you spoke of. There's a 2017 law in China, the National Intelligence Law, that basically says that every Chinese company, including companies that own and develop apps, have to support and assist the People's Republic of China government in any intelligence matter. And in the case of apps, that could mean handing over user data, users' locations, names, emails, credit cards, et cetera, if the Chinese intelligence apparatus requests it. So since that intelligence service is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, it's not too hard, it's not too difficult to imagine that in the time of conflict or tension, say between India and China, or maybe a conflict with the US over the Straits of Taiwan, you could imagine the Chinese Communist Party directing some apps that have very, very important, useful information about people overseas to direct that information to the intelligence services there. And that could be potentially a very grave concern. You know, there's a perception that these apps take very innocuous information. So what harm could it possibly do, right? How do you respond to that? So that's a certainly a great question. And that illustrates that this whole topic is one that requires a little bit of nuance. So it's true that if all someone is doing is uploading some very innocuous videos of, say, teenage kids dancing or whatever, that's what's on TikTok or on Baby Bus, all those cute little pandas and cute little furry animals lull you into uh, a sense of complacency and and relaxed uh, attitude toward data privacy because it's just a cute bunch of little videos of furry animals. It's aimed at kids. It's a little hard to see how that all by itself is going to have any really malicious use or pernicious uh, effect, even if the People's Republic of China government did get their hands on it. But that's not the end of the analysis. So certainly for people who are in sensitive positions, members of the military, members of the diplomatic corps, uh, members of the intelligence agencies, government officials, they probably wouldn't want TikTok on their phone. Indeed, in Europe and US, in many situations, it is banned for officials. Even in the case of completely innocuous videos, just a video of how you bake a cake at home or how you make breakfast at home, could help paint a picture of your life and help China develop a bit of a dossier on you, your location, other financial information, understanding what ads you respond to online, and paint a better, more detailed picture of you, which in egregious cases could be used to blackmail you or otherwise find out information about you that would be of help to China in the event of hostilities. So Glenn, would it be right to say then that there is evidence that BabyBus has also transferred data to other places and whether there are other countries, primarily the US, which have gone after it? Because I know that in India, at least we haven't banned BabyBus, although we have banned TikTok. So... For a number of years, BabyBus transmitted lists of saved Wi-Fi networks that users used and access points 
to an intermediary company, a company called Talking Data, which is an analytics company, one of several. Baby Bus is no longer partnering with them, but it did for a number of years. But it's illustrative of the kind of information that that Baby Bus gets and develops about its users. The Federal Trade Commission in the United States back in 2014 sent a warning letter to Baby Bus saying, you're violating our privacy practices, you're not getting parental consent, etc. So much so that Google Play actually dropped Baby Bus from their app store for a period of time. Baby Bus changed their privacy procedures and in August of 22 came out with a new set of procedures that are okay. They're not great, but they're not terrible, but they're certainly an improvement from what they had before. But does it completely rule out the use of third parties who could harvest this data and make it more useful and sell it to data brokers? No, not completely, even though they say they don't directly sell the data. They do transfer to their other Baby Bus uh, affiliates and who knows what they do with it in turn. So I think this is all about levels of risk. It's not just, oh, it's a cute little video game and, and series of apps, so we don't have to be worried about it, nor on the other hand is it oh my God, it's an it's a complete subterfuge by the Chinese Communist Party to go after our kids. I think it's somewhere in between. And that's, as I said, a bit of a nuanced discussion where we need to make individualized risk decisions. So then, Glenn, coming back to, you know, the data privacy issue, while doing my research on BabyBus, I found that not all of their apps ask for data. So are those ones safe to use? Even in the case of an app that seemingly doesn't ask for any express data. It do, it's not saying, please give, a, give me your credit card number, please give me your email, please give me your phone number. If it's not doing that, that doesn't mean it isn't still collecting vast amounts of data from your cell phone that it may have access to and your uh, location because it knows your location. So there still could be rather significant information even if it isn't asking for it directly. But, you know, what can, say, an app that seemingly isn't asking you for too much data really do? There's a wide range of information that apps potentially can have access to and capabilities that they can have on your on your smartphone. Maybe just to spend a second on that, on almost every, on every Apple uh, cell phone and uh, Android-powered cell phone, Samsung, Google cell phones, there's a setting for privacy and security. And you can go to that and should go to that and look it over and go app by app because there's a list of all the apps on your cell phone and see which ones have access to your microphone and to your camera and to your contact list and to your location. So the question about some of these apps is, is it really necessary for an app that, oh, I don't know, there's some apps that I just happen to have one on my phone that provides recipes, recipes for cooking something. And I happened to look at it and look at its settings, and I was surprised that not only does it have access to my camera, and I guess maybe that's okay if I wanted to take a picture of my breakfast or lunch or dinner, but I don't, so I turned that off. It also had access to my microphone. I don't really know why it needed a recipe app needs access to my microphone or my location. I can make breakfast wherever I want. It doesn't need to know mm -hmm. where my, I'm located. And then finally, right. and most surprisingly, it had access to my contacts. Why does it need to know who my friends are? So maybe to send them a recipe, Glenn. Maybe, maybe to send them a maybe, recipe. Maybe to share my recipes with my friends. <laughs> right. Okay, I get it. But if that's the case, and that's not necessarily an evil idea, right. but, it ought to, but it ought to specifically say, do you want to send this to your contacts and do we have permission hmm. to do so rather than defaulting it in secret? The mere fact that a 
baby bus or some other app isn't specifically asking you for information doesn't mean that the default settings which you need to look at are in favor of of releasing information to the app maybe more than it needs for the pure functionality of it i don't want to scare people too much but on the other hand i don't want to sweep this under the rug and say everything's fine so another thing i noticed with baby bus is that it doesn't allow a user to delete their profile from their apps should that be a red flag Sure. A baby bus did change their privacy policies back in the summer of 22 to allow you to delete your data in their hands, but it's really cumbersome. You have to number one go look at their privacy policy. Very, very few people even look at it or know where to find it on the web. And then you have to scroll down to section 6 to see that there's a sentence there that says if you want to delete your data send us an email to baby bus how many people are really going to sit down and send an email to baby bus right. saying please delete your data so as a practical matter the right exists but it's if look if they wanted to make it real simple they could have a button on the screen that says delete my data right but they obviously don't and for good for good reasons from their point of view so as a legal matter they're probably required because of rules in Europe and the US and elsewhere where they operate to have that theoretical ability to delete your data but i emphasize that it's probably more in theory than in real world practice the world of internet consumption is constantly widening and babies are now a really fast growing chunk according to a report that was released in october last year The global apps for kids market size was valued at 1029.1 million dollars in 2022 and is expected to expand at a CAGR of 26.6% to touch 4237.07 million dollars by 2028. India being the most populous country in the world now provides the perfect playground for apps to test their products get a sense of what is working and what isn't and use those learnings to enhance their offerings in other markets too and we think everyone does this so what is the big deal right but that's exactly it The innocuous nature of the details and the fairly low ticket transactions can be highly deceptive and therein lies the genius of data hungry apps like baby bus how does a company having my location really matter how does it matter if they know my device details these are questions that we often think about but maybe we should start asking different questions is the app selling my data to third parties is it prying on my data and drawing up a profile of me that can later be used against me maybe a shift in focus is necessary So next time you download an app that asks you for access to things it has no business having access to, just don't download it. Cute pandas or not. Queries sent to Baby Bus remained unanswered until this episode dropped on Thursday. That's all for today. I'm Dia Rekhi and you are listening to Baby Bus is the TikTok for toddlers gobbling your personal data only on the morning brief from the Economic Times. Thank you Kanishk and Glenn for providing such a detailed analysis. This episode was produced by Sumit Pandey and sound editor Amrit Reddy. Executive producers Anupriya Nair, Anirban Chaudhary and Arijit Barman. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, do share it on your social media networks. 
A new episode of the Morning Brief podcast drops every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. It streams on Amazon Prime Music, Jio Savan, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. And of course, ET's own audio platform, ET Play. Have a great weekend ahead. All clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits are mentioned in the description.